Oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. Honestly, like Josh, you're with me, right? Like I was thinking that was going to be a TPK back there. I'm going to lie here for a bit. Just just roll me near the fire. Yeah, are you at are you at I know that we're not supposed to meta game here, but I feel like you're looking like you're at one hit point right now. Like if if my entire lifespan was of of 59 hit points, I'm probably at about a 2. Oh, Neil, you look like you're doing all right. You want to start up that fire right there? Get get us some warmth. Yes, thankfully we have cantrips Ooh, for this. Thank goodness. Matt, you you better get around the uh, fire, man. You're looking uh, like you need some warmth. Did you take any cold damage back there? I took a little bit of cold damage. I was hit by a cone of cold multiple times, but... That causes brain freeze. It causes brain freeze, but it turns out that I just... I raged for an entire year. Actually, I probably started raging in March, and I never stopped. So I've been taking half damage the entire time. Yeah, that was a crazy, uh, but we did it, guys. We beat 2020 with the help of all of our allies. We were able to defeat the beast and conquer it. That said, I know that we also lost Chris back there. He's dead. Did anybody pick up anything that we can use to resurrect him? I think I got an ear. <laughs> all right. Well, that Neil, will that work as our as our uh, as our cleric? Yeah, I hope it's I hope it's his. Well, I mean, I think Neil, you're a pretty high level cleric. You could do a true resurrection, can't you? Uh, on someone. Someone's ear. Someone's and ear. If yeah. If it's not Chris, it'll be fine. Did, don't forget about Kurt. Oh my goodness. Did you did anybody pick up anything from Kurt? No, probably some bad dad jokes or something like that, but anything that we could actually use to to resurrect him. Will that work, Neil? That's how we summon him. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Kurt just, Kurt just went back to his own plane. We'll just summon him with the proper dad joke. We have to make a circle of New Balance shoes. We didn't know he was Faye in origin, so actually, like, when you defeat him, he just returns back to his home plane and his body reconstitutes at some indiscriminate point in time. Now, uh, the 2020 didn't drop as many stimulus checks as I was expecting, so as far as, like, paying for this uh, resurrection, are we going to have to use that spell where... You, Chris might come back as an orc or something like that. Yeah, it'll be fine. The reincarnation spell. But you're not a druid, are you? Or did you take a few levels in druid? Oh, no, I, I did it because I think it's hilarious. Oh, okay. Definitely. <laughs> Spin that wonderful because I wheel. Because I want to be a wizard and I also want to turn into a bear. Well, guys, I mean, after defeating 2020, I think it's clear that we're going to have to set here by the fire. Good fire, by the way, Neil. Uh, it's very warm, very comfy. And... Uh, we're going to have to have a long rest after that. Um, we don't know what's ahead. 2021 could be friend or it could be foe. Uh, I can't imagine a higher challenge rating than 2020, but we don't know. No, but I'm really happy about the experience that I gained. I'm pretty sure that I've leveled up at least two or three levels. And I'm looking forward to taking some new feats, that type of thing like that. Gaining access to some new spells. So, you know what? There are positives that have come from this very, very strange year. I think you're right. Maybe we should, before we rest, have a little bit of time of reflection. Maybe ask each other some questions about this long battle against 2020 and uh, ring in this new year as we prepare to go forward as a group of adventurers. Does anybody have any questions to, to start us out here 
as we reflect back. Well, I just wanted to point out, I think this is a great idea because we are here. We're a network. You're our bosses, as oh, we usually I don't like know. to point I out. I do not think that is the case. We were, we were brought to the Block Party Podcast Network. Josh and I were just two wandering, penniless <laughs> podcasters, the Ronins of podcasters. We're, we're, we're still we had, penniless, Matt. We're still penniless, <laughs> But but we do feel like we have a home here. And while we are a network of different podcasters and podcasts, we don't usually come down or come around and just sit together and reflect on things, talk, that type of thing like that. So I think it's good that we can sit by this fire and really reflect on this 2020 year and like ask some questions. Agreed. Matt, that was a great speech. You clearly have leveled up. Now, do you have a question for us? I do. So, well, if I do a history check, which is actually not how you run history checks at D&D, but rolling a D20. Oh, I do recall that you all have traditionally held some sort of episode where you have 12 questions of Christmas. And even though it's not specifically Christmas right now, I thought maybe as we are recovering here around this fire, maybe we could channel the essence of the 12 questions of Christmas. And then, and maybe we do the 12 questions of 2020, the new year, that type of thing. I love it. And since I guess I'm just bossy, I'm going to start off with my first question. Yeah, who's the boss here? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not the boss. I'm just bossy. So my first question is this. If you could know and use one cantrip, what would it be? All right, uh, Matt, as you're asking this question, I want to ask a clarifying question. Are you asking about a cantrip that, like, after learning from the year 2020, we wish we had the ability to use this cantrip this past year? Yes. All right. Spit it that way. Uh, My answer, then, is guidance. The cantrip guidance, because Mm -hmm. I think we could have all used the cantrip of guidance over the year 2020 and... Maybe maybe that's something I can add to my repertoire for uh, 2021. It's so universal. It's nice to add that little D4 there, and it's oh, yeah. free, so you could ask for as much guidance as you want. Josh, what about you? What cantrip do you wish you would have known during 2020, or which cantrip, I guess, did you learn as a result of 2020? Oh, Matt, uh, I would have to probably say mending, and if I could like use that in some kind of technology field such as like Google classroom or, or, or Schoology or many of the things that my students like email me like right before class saying it's not working. If I could be like, I'm going to cast men on the internet and fix this would be like super awesome. Cause we were on it. Like I think all of us have been on that like a ton, especially in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mend that connecting issue that you sometimes see within a zoom meeting yep that'd be my go-to yeah that was a horrifying moment uh when we were fighting 2020 and 2020 cast that spell of online schooling i think i saw all of the the kids and the teachers just drop to their knees wailing in that moment well the hard part about 2020 is we kept trying to stay six feet away from it, and it kept trying to get closer and closer to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely, it definitely was able to uh, move to adjacent spot. It's like it had misty step or something, and all of a sudden, boo! Ah. 
primal savagery. No. Um, yeah. What about you, Neil? What did you learn? No. Pri- yeah. Primal savagery, where um, my teeth and my fingernails sharpen to deliver a corrosive attack. That sounds right. Um, no. I mean, that I think would help people ones... keep that six feet. Distance. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, druid craft, I think, would be the one to go with. It's just brighten your day a little bit. Add a little bit um, of flowers. Yeah. So druid craft is my choice. Oh man, that would have been really helpful while we were all having to stay inside. Just like create the in the outdoors inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, you asked this question, so I I'm ex- excited for your very wise answer. Here, let me cast the guidance cantrip on you so that your answer comes out well. Okay, my answer to this is probably my favorite cantrip, even though it's not that good, shillelagh. Because I think when you're walking around, sometimes you just need a big old Irish magic stick to fend things off with. So if 2021 is getting any ideas, cast shillelagh, keep that thing at bay. And let's be honest, it's also the funnest cantrip to just say the name of. It is a fun, it is just totally a fun cantrip. And that's like a name, you can't make up a name because sometimes I feel like when people are trying to come up with a name like of a new monster, it's always like, Dragon Dorn, but like Shillelagh, I don't know where that word came from. Probably Ireland, but it is a fantastic sounding name that I know I could never make up. So who's up next? Who has a question? I've got a question for for you guys. Um, you you talked about the spirit of our twelve questions of Christmas, and so this one comes right from that in the past that I felt like we couldn't um, we couldn't leave behind. What 2020 movie or TV show was the best inspiration? For you for a D&D campaign. What do you guys think? I believe everybody saw that Ripley Scott jumped into a new HBO series oh, called yeah. Raised by this Wolves. Was, I was thinking about this one. Yeah. Uh, checked it out. Definitely had like the alien flavors and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then you got uh, androids and like off to a planet and crazy backstory and lots of lore and a myster- mystery. Um, like I was watching that. And I was just like, my goodness, I could totally rip this off as a as a just a D and D campaign. I mean, it it it's great. It's got everything. So that would be that would be what I would like throw out on there. It's got a great inspiration. I feel like if you want to make clerics into villains, mm-hmm. uh, it is a fantastic uh, route to get inspiration for that. So definitely, definitely got, has the uh, Eberron feel to it. How about you, Matt? Well, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. It's called Holiday Baking Championship. So I don't know if you know the premise of the show, but there are a variety of different bakers that have turned to this competition. <laughs> nope, I love this because here's... It's a cantor if you can cast it. I know, I missed my opportunity. But I think technically you have to be able to touch me. So like with social distancing rules and the fact that we're doing this over yeah, Zoom, it doesn't work. you've been waving that work. shillelagh at us this entire time we've yeah. been sitting down at this campfire. No, I love holiday baking championship. I love cooking show contests. And one of the new campaigns that I started in 2020 was an online Zoom game with my OG group of D&D players, which includes Josh, and the theme for this campaign is chefs. Hmm. And each of the characters happens to be a chef within Waterdeep, and they're all struggling as chefs. And the theme of the campaign is they have one year to accumulate recipes, food, spices, different techniques, so that when they get to the food contest, like the 
yeah, I guess it's what do we call the food contest back in Waterdeep, the annual uh, culinary cuisine contest that they will be able to actually make a valid, strong attempt. And hopefully by winning it, then they will gain fame and notoriety and they'll be able to establish themselves within the culinary scene within Waterdeep. So there's a balance between like how often you have battles, but then there's also this aspect like, well, you're chefs. So how do you run a chef battle? So I've actually modeled a lot of these chef scenes within this campaign around the holiday baking championship. So there's judges, there's different rounds, there's twists in the rounds. So for me, that has been my best inspiration of 2020. That's fantastic. That has been super that's, fun to play it. <laughs> that should be turned into an actual play. <laughs> it, it would be if it didn't take too much time to edit the podcast. <laughs> All right, Neil, what are, what are your thoughts on that question? So... The one that I would want to say is that I just watched too much Naruto because um, I realized when I was thinking about this question that I'm on episode 222 of the second series. So this is Shippuden. Yeah, so I'm at 222 of Shippuden, but I skipped all the filler and you should too. Uh, but no, the one that I thought of uh, because I watched it probably most recently is uh, Wonder Woman 84. Mm. It's super, super D&D campaign. There's a MacGuffin through the whole thing that basically came out of an archaeological dig. Um, yeah, there. I. it's due enough. I don't want to say much more about it, but watch it with the idea of D&D, and there are constant D&D cool. type themes through Very the neat. whole thing. It certainly uh, has the uh, rule of cool hand wave away the logic uh, <laughs> aspect throughout the movie, but that's all I'll say about that. Wishes! <laughs> Man, well, I can't believe we just got... I, I for sure thought somebody would say The Mandalorian, so I stayed clear of that as an answer. So I'll just give that as my uh, runner-up answer because I thought somebody else would say it. Uh, but speaking of HBO, uh, the second season of His Dark Materials came yes, out. Yes, definitely. And I, I have not heard a lot of people talking about the show. I loved the books growing up, and I think the show is doing a phenomenal job uh, with a couple gripes. But uh, that... That show introduces so many awesome elements that just give me inspiration of things to bring into um, a D&D campaign, both like item wise, monster wise, planeswalker esque. It's phenomenal. So Very that cool. is definitely a D&D inspiration TV show from 2020. Mm -hmm. Now, who has our next question to tell around the campfire as we tend to our wounds and eat a snack to get some HP back. <laughs> I could, I could probably uh, pose a question uh, being that, you know, recently uh, over the last year, we had two new books from Watsi. I was wondering what, uh, what official model or source book are people hoping that wizards of the coast uh, produces next? How about one that doesn't make me sad? That'd be nice. <laughs> No, I'm sure Icewind Dale is probably super great, actually. I, I really I have not it. read that one because I know, Josh, you have it. And when you have a book and there's always a chance that we might play in a campaign set around that setting, I try to avoid them. But no, I joke. So anybody buy any good official source book material? Or, or, oh, no, this or, is for the future. Yeah, this like is, anybody, yeah. anybody got like something that they... They were like looking for like I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Like I'm hoping that they come out with a dark sun. Mm. Um, I, you know, great. I've 
recently gotten a collection of books from somebody uh, that had a couple, you know, novels based on the Dark Sun setting, and I've, I've been reading through them, and I'm like, this would be cool to play in. Can we get an official? Can we get an official, you know, module based on this? This would be great. But um, you know, that's that's what I'm hoping for. I like that it sounded like you got those books off the back of it. I may or may not have got. I, I say a lot of things like that, you know. Uh, you know, Josh was walking back to his car at a mall, and then there was just one of those big U-Hauls, and they were like, "Yeah, we were de- just delivering these speakers and these D and D books, but we had too many of them, so we'll sell them to you." Oh, they're, sure. They're not stolen. They're not. Oh, yeah. This is a this is an honest, lucrative uh, business <laughs> opportunity. Uh, yeah. So, anybody else? I have loved uh, that D and D has finally. Uh, I mean, it's been a while now, but that they finally took the plunge to make Magic: The Gathering settings into campaign books. I love mm-hmm. it. I think there's so much awesome lore and creatures to dive into. And so with that, um, I haven't recently played Magic the Gathering, uh, but I have always kept an eye out for their new sets that come out. And the one of the newest sets, uh, Ikora, uh, I think it's called Realm of the Behemoths or something along those lines, with just this, this plane with huge hulking monsters. I would love to see that one made in particular into a D&D campaign setting. I would I would love to turn to that monster manual part of the book and have all these big behemoth beasts that I could use in my D&D campaigns. Uh that totally made me lose my train of thought because I was thinking about <laughs> thinking too much about that. One of the interesting things I was actually watching a video last night from Ted from Nerd Immersion who was basically doing his top 10 of things he wanted to see in 2020. So I'm going to steal some of those answers. The cuz I'm a DM, that's how this works. Um but like a DM focused book would be really interesting cuz I don't think we really get that, but at the same time I kind of understand why we don't get that. So maybe I don't want it because I know I, we probably as the four DMs here probably won't get it, but that would be really good. Mm-hmm. So then in lieu of that, something akin to Tasha's or um, Xanathar's, I think it would be fun. More of just kind of a catch all of options across the board. That's my hope. I don't think it'll happen because we just got Tasha's, <laughs> but yeah, for me, I would say something that introduces more feats into the game. I know that Tasha's Cauldron of Everything had about 12 new feats, And not to hate on Tasha's, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. We've talked about it on our podcast, but the feats are pretty underwhelming. And I think that one of the difficult parts about D&D is that for a lot of the character classes, the battles become pretty rote. If you're a barbarian, there's like a certain strategy that you tend to always follow. If you're a fighter, you can vary it up a little bit. Um, but if you don't do like battle master, then you're sort of doing your multiple attacks, that type of thing. So I think different ways to change how characters can interact in combat. And I think that more feats would provide that versatility. So they give them a little bit more choice and dynamicness to the battle setting. Hmm. Very cool. Great question, Josh. And you're looking like that health potion has helped you out a lot. Uh, I feel things starting to knit. Uh, I think I could probably sit up here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's working. 
Well, I think that if we're lucky, maybe Neil can use or sing Song of Rest so we could get an extra <laughs> hit die back. Neil, would you partake in a song? Soft kitty, warm <laughs> kitty, little ball of Ah, uh, yes, an extra D8. <laughs> oh, that, that one hurt me, actually. I lost some health. Sure. <gasps> <gasps> okay, so I will ask my I will ask and immediately answer my own question. Um, so I'm up, right? You're First up. Off, you're up. Go for it. Okay. I don't good. know why you're what acting is like the there's best? a structure to this, Neil. We're sitting around you're a right. campfire, resting. There's no structure here. What is the best thing to come out of COVID mm. for your games? Um, there's a lot of bad. My game just kind of just went away for a long time. Uh, and then sputtered back into existence and then sputtered away again. Um, but we, uh, no, yes, we played yesterday for one of the first times in a really long time and then didn't have someone show up because they were like, I'm going to go get tested. All that aside, the biggest benefit was pushing everybody to D&D Beyond. Um, I have a lot of old school players. Like I said, they, these are the guys that got me in over 20 years mm-hmm. ago and they had already been playing. So their desire to use D&D Beyond was somewhat low, but now that they have, it's awesome because then no one's losing their sheets. I can just check. And then when we had someone out yesterday, literally just pulled up another tab and someone ran two characters and it was great. But the whole thing with the healing reminded me that I can also push random to create an NPC and that created Greg. Greg's real strong. Greg's not real smart. And for some <laughs> reason, Greg is an arcana domain cleric. Oh my gosh. So he can heal for 1d8 minus one. Yeah, the random <laughs> so. button is definitely not min-max random. It is truly random. True random. Rolled stats. Randomly placed random background that i didn't even realize i looked it up and apparently greg has a haunted past so Mm. good for him so yes that is my question what has what is the good that has come out of covid for your games well i think for me it just really shows that while it's always for me personally it's always been like a great pleasure to meet up with my friends play in person run club at school in person that just because we have to adapt to a different setting doesn't mean that these D&D games have stopped being fun. I know that Josh and I, we've played in a campaign over Zoom. We did a D&D Adventure League type weekend that was run over Discord. That was fun. We went to a Catacon and played games there. So that was fun. So it's all these ideas of like, oh, well, D&D can't be the same if it's not in person. And it turns out like you can get a lot of those great memories, fun moments, those types of things, even in the online setting. So I think it really showed that if there's a will, there's a way type of thing. And you could keep the game going, even like if you have to do it via distance. Mm -hmm. And thanks so much that we have that technology. Oh, because without this technology, we wouldn't be doing it. Oh, Oh, no, exactly. No, it'd be, yeah, be near impossible. So... I guess I would second what Matt's. I mean, the, the one thing is like I become very self-conscious being that I see myself on camera and therefore I have to maintain this this luxurious mustache like constantly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely up that game. So that's sticking around. But other than that, I mean, I, I guess it also has in a 
broader aspect being that it's on roll 20 and, and zoom and things like we've given a lot of artists and a lot of like uh D guild people uh definitely an opportunity to kind of you know help them out um i've been seeing a lot of map makers a lot of token makers people who are putting out a lot of really cool content um i'm hoping that continues you know even when people start like moving back towards uh, in-person games, like I'm, I'm just hoping that you know that uh, that we could still support those people because they they've made some awesome stuff. Yeah, I've I've gone through a lot of the similar struggles that everyone here has talked about with online gaming and the difficulties of that, but been thankful for it. For me, uh, the best thing that has come out of um, difficulty over this past year is that. COVID pushed me to finally do something that I've always said I wanted to do. And so over the summer, uh, with nice weather, uh, me and my D&D group went over to a friend's house to play outside, socially distanced around a bonfire uh, so that we could meet in person but do it in a safe way. Oh, that's and cool. And honestly, it was, it was done for obviously to be cautious and and be doing things uh, in a way that's safe, but it ended up being so great going into the night with the stars above us and the campfire and uh, seeing each other uh, in this way that we've talked about doing in the past. It was like, man, even post-COVID, which I know we're all hoping is not too far away, I think I will certainly want to be continuing in the summertime, enjoying some D&D games outside around a campfire because it was wonderful. Just like we're around a campfire right now, guys. Oh, you you died. Put your character sheet in the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Can I see your character sheet for a second? (laughs) That'd be extremely epic. All right, Matt, we're back to you. Do you have any questions for us? I do. So 2021, a lot of time around the new year it's all about new year's resolutions what new system do you want to play in 2021 i'll answer here um it's not new but it's one that i don't know well enough and i've played before and i really enjoyed it i want to get back into the fantasy flight star wars rpg uh i was able to run a campaign uh over a year ago with it and but honestly the Mandalorian has gotten me excited about Star Wars again. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. I love being excited about Star Wars again, and so I want to, I want to sure. dive back into that and either play or run another game set in the Star Wars universe using that RPG system. Cool, Josh. What about you, uh, Matt? I would like to try to run a Monster of the Week game. Sure, mm-hmm. I, I've I've played it one. Um, I you have, bought the I've book read, for me two years ago. I, I know, yeah. I, I bought the book. <laughs> we still I haven't got, played. <laughs> I've been, but I've been reading through it, and I've been kind of like outlining some notes and things like that. So at some point, you know, wouldn't mind trying to run a game. Um, it's uh, wonderful. It's a uh, was it powered by apocalypse, and uh, it has the whole fate system thing going on. And it's just, uh, it's such an open storytelling system that. I, I just, I find it a lot of fun. Cool. I find it a lot of fun. What about you there, Neil? So there's one I have, and I don't, I mean, I probably won't play it for a while, but I did purchase the Green Knight 
RPG system that's supposed to be based off the movie that's coming out later in 2021. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see what that looks like. Yeah. Um, that's an, it's just an interesting concept to see companies invest that time and effort. Like it's an actual, like it's basically the starter set box, but uses a different system. And I'm probably going to wait to play it until I have watched the movie it's based off mm-hmm. of. Um, I've thumbed through it, but then I'm like, ah, this feels weird. It's based on a thing I haven't seen. So where's my attachment? But um, trying that out just to see again, what that looks like. Um, other people trying their hand, not just it doing a lot of fifth edition stuff because you start to see more of that as Hasbro and Wizards makes more deeper connections with other companies. But just the idea that someone would wholesale or whole cloth create something different. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. Cool. And what about you, Matt? Now, for me, this is my problem. And maybe the listeners of the Dungeons Masters block can help me out. I just want to play in a very anime-influenced TTRPG, and I'm struggling to find it out because I love D&D, but sometimes I just want to be Goku and I want to fire, like, a huge, what do you call it, Kamehameha wave type of thing, and you don't do that in D&D. I want to get, do- like, knocked down 400 times, but I keep just, like, getting angry and reviving myself. <laughs> so I want something that is, like, majorly anime inspired i know you could probably just build the DD campaign around like a anime flavored over the top type of game but yeah some sort of like anime uh, rpg i think would be a game that i would like to play in 2021 now josh you look like you have a question you would like to ask what's what's the next question in our 12 questions well, seeing how we are talking about what we want to do in the future, uh, one of the things I was going to ask is with um, Tasha's that came out, as well as a few other uh, sources and, and such, uh, is, is anybody going to try to play a new player character or a character class that they haven't done before in the upcoming year? I talked about this on the podcast. I want to play a barbarian because I play characters that get knocked out basically in one punch every time and i finally had a chance to play a barbarian and it was so nice to deal tons of damage take half damage from everything and i felt like a boss just being the hero of this campaign so yeah i want to play some type of barbarian and maybe use one of those new character classes either from tasha's or dip back into xanathar's I know there's a barbarian that I think literally just can't die. Like when they die, they do get back up at some point in time because they are just driven by battle that much. So I yeah, think that's the zealot, something like that. Yeah. So some yeah. sort of very barbarian focused uh, character. That's who I want to play. Very cool. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a chance at the artificer mm-hmm. um, just to have that in, in practice rather than just in paper. Sure. Um, there you go, making weird stuff. Do you want to be the turret the... one, or do you want to be like the one that gets the armor and stuff? No, turret, and I'll just call myself Torbjorn, <laughs> and then it'll just be Overwatch, I guess. There you I, go. I think that uh, I would like to try a class that I've never actually gotten the chance to play, which happens when you're the forever DM, um, but I'd love to try out a warlock. Um, you know, after fighting mm-hmm. 2020, uh, the Beast of 2020, uh I feel like I'm going to need a, a patron to help me out with the next one. 
What happens if your patron was 2020? It won't be. <laughs> no, it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a new one. There you go. There you go. I, I wouldn't mind trying out a bard. I happen to, you know, shy away from it. I or I have shied away from it just because I I'm not exactly the most musically inclined, nor am I, you know, oftentimes as as Matt can attest, well, me playing Roland in his game, uh, as elegant a speaker. Uh or, you know, one to be able to diplomatically get out of a situation. Josh, you sing almost every podcast <laughs> yes but sing well enough to be tolerated you barely tolerate me that uh, that is a kind description i don't tolerate it but anyway <laughs> so yeah no I, i'm looking i'm looking maybe maybe try a bard cool any yeah so all right guys my next question is what was the best rpg related purchase that you made during 2020 and i'll just kick it off and say this was the year that I decided to. Uh, I haven't made made the dive to purchasing a 3D print printer, but I have uh, started to purchase some more specific 3D printed um, minis from shops on Etsy, and I have been super pleased with how cheap they are for what you're getting and the amount of glorious detail. Uh, in some of these minis that are being Very made, cool. it really just, I, I'm excited painting these things and looking forward to one day being able to use them <laughs> at a mm-hmm. gaming table. No, I, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of really nice quality ones that are coming out now. So, and especially Etsy, I've been, I've been cruising Etsy's that site great, as well. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Josh? I, I will say like my, my best, and I'm using it in my D&D club with the kids right now. Uh, is the the rhyme of the frost maiden the Icewind Dale adventure? Hmm. Uh, there is a lot of um, you know interesting story arcs and things like that. But the biggest most surprising thing is just uh, the kids in like a short two hour span of time like really connect with a lot of the characters, and it's not all about battle. You know, um, you know, not giving away any spoilers or anything, but uh, the who the creators of this really did work in a lot of, you know, investigation, a bit of mystery, you know, uh, a lot of character connection and story plot hooks there. And I, that was, I guess the, uh, the greatest thing I've, I've purchased this year, um, as far as D and D related. So definitely, definitely would give that book two thumbs up. Awesome. Well, of course you, of course you should. Celeste helped write that book. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. So- yeah, that's that's why that's why she's not here. She doesn't want to be that close to a uh, uh, campfire. She's just hanging off in the frozen. She didn't north. die. She she headed in a different no. direction. <laughs> Sequestered in her tower, writing new tomes, new adventures. See you guys. It's too hot down here. I'm gonna I'm gonna head north. I'm a uh, what what is it? Uh, people who fly south for the winter, snowbirds. snowbirds. You know, she's like a she's a sunbird. She just you know go. I'm going north. It's too hot. Well, she did write that book about dinosaurs, so she probably had to go to Chalt or something for research. <laughs> True. Dino World. Neil, what do you think? So mine is the D&D Death Saves Die. Um, it's from the company Death Saves. Uh, surprise. Does zinc alloy die that's 
like 30 millimeters across. It literally here on the page says, we recommend not rolling the die on glass or wooden tables or antiques that you don't want damaged. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, it's just a huge D20 that comes in its own little tin. And then there are skulls and there are D&D um, ampersands. That's it. So either, and then it basically it denotes the one, the twenty, and a small dot for the nine in case you had a ring of protection. Um, so it is the ultimate death saves die for whenever that comes up at your table. Very cool, nice, Matt. What about you there? I think for me, I have switched from buying D and D source books on paper and converting them to the digital versions. I just find that with using D&D Beyond, it ends up being a lot more useful to have the digital versions of those. So like, I like having the physical books, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 40 pounds of D&D textbooks, that type of thing like that. So again, the way that I DM and the way that I play, especially in 2020, is digital. So it's great to be able to use those resources in the digital setting so yeah uh, books in digital format not that exciting of an answer not a big old d20 <laughs> that will destroy your family heirloom we have all learned the value of practical after fighting 2020 this is true neil do you have a question for us i do i was debating between the two i have left and what i'll go with is basically the reverse version of Matt's question. Um, we'll let, he looked forward. I'll look back. What is something that you played that's not D&D that you really enjoyed? Um, and so it could be a board. And again, I'll answer my own question to show that it doesn't have to be pen and paper. It could be a board game. Um, because in December of 2019, uh, my wife and I and another couple started playing Pandemic Legacy. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's a thing uh, that we started doing as all of this hit. And we basically kind of tried to play ab- about once a month to stay with, um, like, the timeline. Because basically you play through a year in the game mm-hmm. um, as you rip things up and add and do all these things. Uh, and at one point we basically set up, like, makeshift streamer setups because... They, while they live really close, um, there were times where we wanted to be more cautious than others. And basically, we had an iPad on a tripod and then the laptop facing us. So, like, we could cast the board to them while looking at us. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, it was definitely a full bore pandemic legacy experience. And we have, like, one more game to play. And then I already bought season two. So, that's Very cool. That's my answer. How about you, Matt? Games that I've played during 2020. That are not that's, D&D. And that just has to be things that I've done. Well, I mean, I if the theory would be that you enjoyed, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> sure. Well, I will probably admit that I haven't played really any other systems. Maybe like one other system, but I didn't like it. So, sorry, Dungeon What's the name of that game, Josh? Dungeon. Oh, uh, Dungeon Crawler. Um, Dun- Dungeon Crawl Classics or something like yeah. that. Yeah, not a huge fan of that one. DCC. But I can see where people like that. No, I think that a fun game for me that kind of really carried me through a big part of 2020, Stardew Valley. 
because it's not a tabletop RPG. It's just a farm simulator game. But I also feel like you could totally integrate aspects of a Stardew Valley into a TTRPG style game. I think that a lot of times we're always focused on like, let's explore all the dungeons and save the world. But I think designing a campaign where you're just a person or a group of people surviving in a small town and maybe going on little mini adventures and helping people out. I think that would be a fun campaign setting. But for me, I haven't done that yet, but I do find that the game Stardew Valley was a great source of entertainment for me during 2020. For me, uh, video game wise, I got to play the Final Fantasy VII remake, which took oh, me yeah. a long How time. Oh yeah, was that? I so I was I loved it. Uh, I was also disappointed to find out that it's only the first disc of the game. Sure, uh, mm-hmm. but nostalgia, first of all, was skyrocketed for that game, but. They did an amazing job. It's a cool. great mm-hmm. game. It took me forever to get it because with 2020, like it was not in stores anywhere. And I sure. I mm-hmm. wanted the actual disc version. I didn't want to download it, but I loved it. Uh, and then as far as other games, uh, Jackbox games were so helpful for playing online with people. Some kind of game that was fun and lighthearted and a lot of laughter. So Jackbox for the win. Josh, what about you? Oh, let's see here. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat as Matt, where it's like I didn't really play. I mean, I don't mind the the DCC as much. Um, I played that when I was asked by Dank Dungeons to do a to do a little podcast thing, and it's a it's a different feel. I mean, definitely a different feel than Five E, but you know, um, overall, I think like Red Dead Redemption Two was like was like my go to like. That definitely got me through 2020. Um, you know, just playing as, as as Arthur Morgan and you know bounty hunting missions and you know all that you know kind of stuff and like you're you're kind of like this anti-hero, which I mean, even if you try to play as a hero in D and D, oftentimes you are the anti-hero in some in some <laughs> aspect. Uh, you know, I I you know I. I do. I did like it, and uh, I got to play with Matt, my good friend Tyler, and you know we uh, we kind of crashed the game a couple times. We play the online version of the game, and mm-hmm. we all started at the same time, so we all modeled our characters around the action film star Charles Bronson. I mean, he's long departed now, but you could go back and look up like Death Wish or Death Wish Two or Death Wish. Our posse 3 is called or, like yeah, Death Wish Six. Our posse so. is Death Wish Six. So yeah, we all look like Charles Bronson. So it's been a fun way to unite some college friends back together. <laughs> so I would have oh. definitely made my character look like Action Bronson, and if you don't know who that is, you need to go um, find that. Okay. Gosh, what is that from? Because it sounds so familiar. Oh, he's a, he's an extreme. I mean, he's he's gotten really thin lately, but he's. He was just a massive dude, just living his best life. Um, and he has a cooking show um, that is colorful in language, to say the least. Ugly delicious, is that what it is? Yes, that's not. Yes, that's the marketing word that they use, because that's not the word that they use on the show. <laughs> gotcha. And yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. Our characters are not modeled after Action Bronson. <laughs> But he would be a good addition to Death Wish Six, the Bronson-themed gang. I guess. I guess. What did, what do they call them? It's probably not a gang. It's probably like a cohort or something like that. So, all right, Neil. 
You got another question for us? Yes. So what book inspired you the most this past year? It could be for your game or just in general. Um, so comic, fiction, nonfiction, anything along those lines. Um, I'm trying to think of what my answer is because I definitely tried to read more books. Um, you know what? One of the best books that I read this past year is The World or Life According to Mr. Rogers. Um, and mm, it's a nice. it's a pretty small book put together by his estate or put together and then approved by his estate that are just quotes from him living his life. Um, and it's pretty spectacular. It's a really short read. So I didn't try and like crush through it. It's one of those ones where like while as short as it is, it doesn't make sense to just be like, I read it in a night. Like that's not the content of the book doesn't lend itself to that. Um, so mm -hmm. if you do pick it up again, it's. I, I want to it's the weirdest form factor it's only like six like it's a square book um but i would say get it and read a little bit of it a day and your life will be better very cool i would like to play in that campaign that that inspired and, you yes <laughs> um for me i'm gonna honestly a couple of these answers are gonna tie back into my excitement for star wars i read another thrawn book a timothy zahn's thrawn book this um this year and i would love to make a Thrawn-like villain, either in a Star Wars campaign or in a D&D campaign, because Thrawn makes a great a great tactical, uh, intelligent villain to go up against. Josh, what about you? Uh, I would have to say I definitely, like, re-upped my comic book subscription. Like, I have a, like, a file. Uh, we have a pull box at the local oh, comic nice. book store. Uh, and I would have to say, like, Rat Queens. Rat, Correct. Rat Queens and Skull Kickers from, from Jib Zub. Uh, like, two that, like... Did we just become best friends? <laughs> right! I know! <laughs> oh, man. Like, those two are, like, the mainstays, but, like, like just reading through it, it's like, okay, serious, 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 high fantasy, yeah, joke, you know, or, you know, like, modern, modern reference, or, you know, unicorn just randomly crashes through the ballroom you know why because why not you know okay so i'm going to tell on myself um i have spent whatever it took to obtain every comic cover version of skull kickers <laughs> that exists like the emerald city comic-con exclusive there's one that has a cat on it and i also have several that are draw there's a blank cover oh, one and every time something yeah every time i would go to gen con i would have jim sub do them like like um draw on them and like nice. custom art pieces yeah no i just i just picked up two more and i'm just like i gotta i gotta read these <laughs> well for me one thing that I guess you might find out about me if you, I don't know, talk to me a little bit. I don't actually read a whole lot of fantasy stuff. I like the fantasy genre. I just, I don't know. I try to read a whole variety of different books and things like that. And I really like the Wooster and Jeeves series. It's by P.G. Woodhouse. And if you haven't read any of these books, they're super funny. I would actually read an audio or listen to an audiobook version of them. They are really amazing. The whole story is based around like a rich person who's pretty dumb and he gets into all sorts of different wacky scenarios and the person that always gets him out of these scenarios is his butler named Jeeves and Jeeves is about 
the smartest person in the entire world. And he's very humble, but he is the mastermind behind everything. There's an entire book where they're trying to get a silver cow creamer and all the shenanigans behind obtaining the silver cow creamer is really insane. So if you like something that's like silly and lighthearted and just very, very well written with like strong back and forth dialogue, I would suggest any of the Wooster and Jeeves novels by P.G. Woodhouse. And then apparently you can watch the 1990 uh, comedy starring Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. Yeah, I heard that maybe that's not as good and the production value is pretty low. But yeah, check out the audiobooks. They're super fun. Oh, man, Stephen Fry. I also read Stephen Fry's uh, Mythos this year. That's great inspiration as well. Matt, I believe that you have another question for us because I'm seeing that written all over your face. You must be. Yes. Yes. And of course. But listen, guys, I think I think we all have to ask one more question. Then we got to get that long rest because we're all beat. So let's make this the last round of questions from each of us. Yeah. Okay. so let's do this. Would you rather get ready for this? All right. Would you rather be a really, really short Goliath or really, really tall dwarf? (laughs) You're throwing a different question at us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I am. Because the other question was really deep, and I didn't know if I had an answer for it myself. So, would you rather be a really, really short Goliath or a really, really tall dwarf in your next D&D campaign? Short Goliath. And why? And I, and I, I say that because, I mean, I think that that would just be hilarious just kind of to, to, to go through that and be like, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Goliath. You know, and then be like, you know, you get all this, this kind of flack for, oh, you're not really a Goliath. You're, you're, well, you're like, too you gotta, short. You're the Rudy of Goliaths. Exactly. You got to like prove yourself. And like, I think that's, that's a, that's a bit of fun. Yeah. Trying to prove yourself within Goliath culture, society, that type of thing. Yeah. That made me think of Thrones and Bones um, from Lou Anders. Cause that, that's basically the, they're uh, a half giant um, in there, but I would want to be a, Tall dwarf, because if it worked for that first D and D movie, it can work for me. Is that the D and D movie that came out in two thousand or two thousand two? Yeah, and the dude and the dude who's playing the dwarf is like six, easily six foot, and just like towering over other people. Do they explain why? No, never. No, of course. I feel like a lot of things were probably not explained with that movie. Uh, I I'm fine with being a short Goliath um, if I get to uh, role play as josh's short goliath brother uh in this campaign or i'll be a tall dwarf as long as i can play as neil's brother in this D campaign that's where my answer is but i definitely don't want to be related to matt and whatever he chooses sure yeah don't be related to me at all i don't want to be your brother anyway no you can't see <laughs> the tear streaming down my face because it's a <laughs> podcast so it's just the wood smoke i think tall I think Tall Dwarf would be pretty cool. I think there would be this backstory of similar to Elf where you're trying to like survive at the North Pole. You're working with the other Christmas elves, but you're just too tall and you're also Will Ferrell. So yeah, I think that there would be an interesting story where you just don't fit into the caves and things like that. So I'm going Tall Dwarf. You you must be this short to enter the mine. Yeah, you're always hunched over. That type of thing. Oh, my back. Oh. Yeah. You don't get chosen to go on the different 
expedition crews because they don't want to build a ceiling tall enough for your your tall dwarven head. So yeah, you get, you tall get, dwarf. You get called into Santa's workshop HR and be like, "You you've made these to- toys too big." Well, I guess now we're going into oh my now gosh, the dwarf sent, is with Santa. I guess so. You guys oh, on a I, rabbit I'm hole. sorry, you said elf, and that got me thinking about something else. I have that, Josh. What great question do you have? Oh, great! You, you, great question. You put me. You put this this on me. Uh yeah. We'll go. We'll go with this heart, heartfelt one here. Uh, most uplifting moment as a DM or player character in 2020. And I, I could start this one off. Um, again, playing Rhyme of the Frost Maiden uh, with my kids at school, um, and I. Uh, it's the third rotation. I had this group of boys that I've, I've had them before. And usually it's, you know, Hey guys, we're playing heroes. Okay. Well, we're heroes and we're going to hack and slash our way across this, this, you know, this adventure and, and, you know, well, look, the town burned down. Well, but we got the job done. And, <laughs> and evil was stamped out for the, yes, but you burned the town <laughs> down. <laughs> Uh, but actually, they, they, they threw me for a loop um, because in one of the adventures, you have to find these small little like elementals called, uh, cho- I think they're called Chewingas. Chewingas. I used Chewingas in 2020. Yeah. Chewingas are great. <laughs> yeah. It's small little like like dress like they got like a little pine cone coat yeah. or something like that. Little mass little and stuff. And, and these, you know, and I, I'm expected like it, it starts off like it's usually we're, we're going to catch it. We're going to grab it. We're going to, you know, swords drawn and. All of a sudden, they, uh, they, you know, kind of like, well, wait, 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 this isn't working. Okay, let's try something else. So they try befriending him, and they try, like, gifting stuff and this, and, you know, seizing on a moment, I, like, show them, you know, this this alleyway there where there's a whole bunch of Chewingas that are hiding out because, like, people are, like, trying to, like, trap them and hunt them down because they consider them pests, and these guys all of a sudden, like, start building, like, walls of protection around this little like uh, Chewinga encampment and things like that. And again, just not expecting it from this this crew, you know, just threw me for a loop. And the fact that it happened right before the Christmas break kind of like also was like a little, you know, pattering on the heartstrings and things like that. But I, I think that was probably the most uplifting. You know, they, they the kids really did care about these little imaginary characters, you know. And, That's cute. You know, when we play... We played a game afterwards. Like they were like, "Oh, I want to go back and check on them." And it's like, "Okay, well, yeah, no, they're doing great, you know." And 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 uh, they really seem appreciative to, to see you and things like that. So yeah, no, that would be that would be mine. I played a game with uh, some pretty new players, and we had our first uh, death in the party, uh, which with new players can always be a scary thing. Um, honestly, beyond the reaction of the player whose character just died, I have seen it not handled well from the other players. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of, um, all right, they're dead. Let's just move on. Like without like any sort of recognition. And so one of these players that like immediately just kind of started the ball rolling, um, in setting up uh, a funeral for this character and honoring oh, wow. them, mm-hmm. which got the other players into doing the same thing. And it was really encouraging seeing that coming from a, a newbie group of players. Um, and this one particular uh, player who's who's a teenager that I DM for, um, we've had lots of conversations about um, D&D and role-playing. And so it was just kind of this cool moment to see him like, 
without any prodding, like get up and shine and do a thing that was honoring both to the character, but more importantly to the player who played the character. Very nice. Neil, how about you? Well, I was trying to think about it and because I didn't play a whole bunch. I, I think that that hurt a little bit, but I think one of the most interesting things and the nice things and what I would hope would be part of it being how I conduct myself is that one of my players, who's, who's one of the younger ones, quit playing with a group because he didn't agree with how they were playing. Hmm. And it just felt good to know that he was empowered to make that decision. Despite it being his friends that he was playing the game with, he knew as the DM he wasn't having fun, which in hmm. turn means he can't help them have fun. And so then he stepped away from that game. I know, I mean, I know in my younger days, I don't know that that was a decision I would have made. Um, like you feel tied to the group and you're just like, well, we're just going to suffer through, sure. mm -hmm. which is never, which is obviously never the right choice to make in, in those scenarios without either addressing it or just stepping away. So mm -hmm. it was, that's not, a, that, I guess in a way it's super uplifting, but just, just to know that he's empowered enough to just be like, yeah, I'm out. I can't, I can't do that. Um, this isn't working for us. Yeah. It's a different type of uplifting, but still really important. What about you there, Matt? Well, not to make a plug for our podcast, Detention of the Dragons, which I am going to do anyway. We typically Neil, once a year. Out. Yeah, you can yeah. you can edit it out. The best part. No, we typically once a year will interview people from Game to Grow, and they are an organization, a nonprofit in Washington that is focused on using D D in therapeutic settings, that type That's of thing awesome. like that. So yeah, and when we have like Adam Johns and Adam Davis on, uh, this year we also got to uh, visit with Dr. Elizabeth Kilmer and to hear about how they are working with all sorts of different uh, teenagers and now adults and the types of trainings that they have produced during COVID to help like train other people to incorporate uh, therapeutic practices within uh, the D&D setting or within the tabletop RPG setting is super awesome. And there's all sorts of different uh, skills and then classes available for those who are like classically trained therapists to teachers to people that are, that are just trying to incorporate D&D into their communities, that type of thing. So you talk to them and you hear these stories about what they're doing and those are really, really inspiring. So if you want to be super inspired and you don't have your own good story, go listen to that episode. We've released it a few weeks ago and yeah, you'll, your heart will palpitate because it makes you feel good all over. So, um, I don't know. Well, I know how long I can keep it. It's a, it's a cantrip. We can keep this campfire going forever, but what is the last question we have, Mitch? It's up to you. Well, we just, we just fought 2020 I mean, we've we've taken some time, we've taken some health potions, but I mean, we still ha are covered in the blood of the beast. But you know, I I have never seen any creature, any beast just like that. I don't know. Have you guys come across that? Like it had like resistances and powers like I've never seen before. Well, it reminded me of 1997, but I mean that was a that was a <laughs> completely different year, like a completely. <laughs> different year of different name different different tactics oh my goodness so i mean as adventurers we understand that there are different 
categories of monsters. And so I was wondering, like, what do you guys think? What kind of monster type that was that we just fought of 2020? You guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, totally. Now, my default answer would be I took the DNA from the most evil animals on the planet and combined them together. (laughs) And it turns out it was man all along. So so if you're a Futurama fan. Humanoid. (laughs) Humanoid. No, I think if you were to describe 2020 as a monster, it is definitely an ooze because number one, it's if you get sucked into it, it tries to destroy you. And I mean, I'm not trying to make light of 2020 because we have lost a lot of people to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that was, I mean, that was unfortunately a consequence, but from like more of an emotional level, I feel like an ooze is slow moving. And if you get trapped in it, like you get trapped in it and it slowly digests you from the inside. So the best way to work against or survive 2020 was to sort of keep your distance it's going to slowly approach you, but don't get like caught up in a lot of the drama and a lot of the excitement uh, that went along with 2020. So I think for us, you know, that the, that gelatinous cube only has a move speed of 15 feet. So if you can keep moving 15 feet away from it every six seconds, I think that's how we were able to really survive um, this ooze-based monster. I, I, I don't know if I, I, I would say it's like one creature. I, I kind of thought of it as being like a whole pack of kobolds, just like a whole <laughs> bloody slew of kobolds, because every single time like you're, you're making your way down that that year long tunnel or hallway and you just you just kept tripping over traps. Like first it was like a thing of murder hornets and then it, that it, that it's uh, another thing. And again, I like Matt not to try to make light. Because there's a lot of bad stuff that happened this last year. COVID, it's just awful. But it just seemed like every single time we just get a little further down, a little further down. Oh, there's another thing. Oh, there's another thing. Oh, goodness. And it's just like they kept, they're rolling with advantage because of pack tech. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just never ending. So I would say it's just like a dealing with a whole bunch of kobolds there. That'd be mine. What about, what about you there, Neil? Um, so I'm going to be hopeful in my answer and that it was an aberration. Oh, um, and hopefully it is a one-off and it cannot procreate in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Sure. There are no more. This was the only one. Um, so my, my deepest hope is that it is, but an aberration. You know, I, I guess my answer has some, some hope in there as well that I'm, I, I actually thought aberration at first too, because there are a lot of things that I, look at that beast of 2020 and go, I don't fully understand this. Um, but I think I, I have come to the conclusion that it was a fey uh, creature because I felt and saw so many high emotions over this past year, mm-hmm. and it seemed to affect everyone. And that, of course, go went in the negative route, but also... Um, there were a lot of uplifting moments sure. mm-hmm. in humanity. Uh, I remember almost every episode of Some Good News uh, bringing me to tears seeing how 2020 brought out the best in people. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of both of that. And uh, I'm hoping that as we go into 2021, 
we see a lot more of that best. We see a lot more of people caring for each other, and that's what I'm hoping for. But in case 2021 is a greater beast, my friends, I think we better sharpen our swords and get a long rest so that we are prepared for it, so that we can all go to battle with it together. Agreed. Indeed. Yes, I don't think 2021 will be nearly as taxing and dangerous. I'm expecting it's probably just a fart monster just going to fart all (laughs) over us, but we'll survive that too. And on the note of fart monster. (laughs) On the note of fart monster. (laughs) Let's hit the hay, guys. Let's get some sleep. Let's get our health points back, for tomorrow is a new day. Good good night, Neil. Long rest. Do we all say good night to each other? Good night, night, Matt. Good night, Mitch. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Josh. (laughs) Who's John Boy? He's been here the whole time. Hey, guys, I wanted to talk, too. I got some really important... Josh, shut up! (laughs) And good night to all of you blockheads. We'll see you in 2021.